I, I want to go over my interpretation of this because I think we really have to need to understand what BJ was talking about. First off, uh, this is a very poetic language. I want you to notice that with the exception of using the word chiropractor and chiropractic, there's nothing chiropractic in this at all. Um, he doesn't mention subluxation. He doesn't even mention the spine. He doesn't mention backbones, doesn't mention anything. Um, maybe he sort of mentions nerves, so he kind of has a little bit of mention to that. But I think what, what makes that really interesting to me is that's what chiropractic really is all about, right? When I was talking to you last week and I said, chiropractic is about, like I'm a brain and nerve system specialist instead of saying I'm a back doctor, that's what BJ was on about. Even if you think about D.D. Palmer and his first textbook in 1910, he said chiropractic is founded on tone, on tone. He didn't say chiropractic is found on the backbone. He didn't say we have to adjust backbones to make people feel better. That's not what he said. Chiropractic is founded on tone. And that's what we do. What we do is we change the tone. If any of you play any musical instruments, I play guitar, you have to tune up your instrument, right? Every time you play it, you want to tune up your instrument to make sure it's in the right frequency because otherwise you have an out-of-tune guitar or piano or violin, it doesn't sound right. Well, it's the same way that the, <clears throat> the spine works and the brain and the nerve system is we have to tune it up. So every you know, time I sit down the guitar, I put on my app, my Fender app, and I tune the guitar based on the Fender app telling me it's okay. And then, yeah, each one of the chords is notes is okay, and now it's ready to play, right? Well, what are we doing with the nerve system, right? We're fine tuning the nerve system. And this is what people want. This is what people are asking for. I'm telling you, and I can only tell you this because I've been doing this for a long time, that patients are coming in looking for something different. They're not looking for the same. Even those people who are coming in for a back pain aren't just coming in for the same old stuff. And honestly, the patients who just want, like, just give me a pop or a crack, we're not accepting those patients. I don't want those patients in my office. You know, I heard my CA <clears throat> yesterday, someone called up and said, must have said something like, I want to come in and get adjusted by Dr. Rubin. And my CA said, uh, when's the last time you're here? She said, well, I've never been here before. The person, whoever she was talking to, must have said that. And she said, oh, so you're a new patient. All right, well, we have to do an exam. And the person must have said something like, well, I don't want to do an exam. I just want to get, you know, adjusted. And my CA's like, well, but you, you have to do an exam. Like, how else would you assess what's going on? Well, and he must, or this person must have said, well, but I just, I've been adjusted all my life. I just want to come in and get adjusted. And, and my CA said, Dr. Rubin has a policy that everybody who's a new patient has to go through certain things. And one of those things is a new patient exam. He's not going to adjust you without a new patient exam. And the other person on the line, well, then forget it. And that's good. Right? I didn't say to myself, what are you doing? Why could you hang up on this person? I'm like, good. That person we don't want in the office. Right? Because here's what happens. And you have a person like that in your office. <clears throat> What they do is they start telling you what to do. They start saying, I want this, I want you to adjust here, I want you to do this, I want you to do this. I don't need that in my office, right? I want patients who want to be there and they want to be there for the reasons I want them there, right? Not for the reasons that they want to be there, but you, here's the deal, you gotta teach them the reasons because they won't know the reasons. It won't happen by osmosis. It won't happen just because you're an amazing adjuster. It'll happen if you tell them. 
If you tell them that there is the brain and the spine and the nerve system that we're working on, then it's, they start to understand and you educate them, right? Because if you don't educate them, how would they know this? How would they know the inner power speaks? How would they know anything about innate intelligence or universal intelligence? How would they know anything about the brain connects to the spine? I have people tell me all the time, another person said me the other day, <clears throat> I had no idea how, like I've been chiropractors all my life, quote unquote, but nobody's ever said that you could do anything past the spine. And I was like, well, what, what have you been told? He said, well, I go to chiropractors and they say, you know, let me, let me uh, uh, crack your back and then come back when you feel like you need it. Well, that's not a very good, that's not a good marketing plan, first off. And second off, you're not educating them. So he said, I've been to chiropractors all my life, various chiropractors in various places that he's lived in, and I've never heard anybody say what you said, that the spine has something to do more than just the backbone. And he said, now I understand. Now I understand, and now it makes more sense, and now I have to start going more regularly than, because he lives in New York, now I have to start going more regularly because nobody's ever told me this before. Why? What are we so afraid of? Why can't we share this? What is so, af what is so scary about sharing <clears throat> that we are brain and nerve system specialists, that when I adjust you, I'm not just touching your, your back. What is the difference? I don't understand where the fear is coming from. <clears throat> so one of the things when I look at this kind of thing, and it says, we chiropractors work with the subtle substance of the soul, right? That's not saying we chiropractors work with the backbone, right? It doesn't say that. It doesn't say we crack back. We chiropractors crack backs. That's not what he's talking about. We're working with the subtle substance of the soul. We don't even know what happens when we adjust someone. We have a really good idea what happens, right? We're now with MRIs and fMRIs and PET scans and spec scans. We, we have a, a very good idea of what's happening, but we have no idea. <clears throat> it's my belief that the spine and the nerve system operates like a laser. If you know anything about lasers from physics, if you remember how a laser works, a laser takes a beam of light and really, really focuses it. But here's the deal. If you put even a speck of dust in that laser, you're going to scatter that light, right? So if you have a laser like, like this laser right here, and I can point to the back of the room with this laser, and this is this little itty bitty, you know, one battery thing, and I can point to the back of the room with this laser like this, that's a very, very focused beam of light. Now, this is a flashlight, right? A big open, you know, flashlight like this. And I went like this, you wouldn't be able to see past, you know, a couple of desks over here. But I can, with this itty bitty little laser, it's in my, my hand, I can focus back around. I probably can focus to the other end of this building because that's the focus of a laser. But you put something in between this, I don't know if this is gonna work, but you just, just like a little bit of my finger there, you can start seeing just a little bit of that is just gonna start to, to smear this and not allow it to work as good. But I think the spine works the same way. The spine is like a laser, and the nerve system is like a laser. And when you have a nerve system that's free and clear of interference, then that information goes whoosh, like this, and it goes super fast from the brain down or from the body up, super, super fast with no interference. But you have a subluxation, what I believe is a subluxation like a piece of dust in that laser, and it's gonna interfere with how that is working, and that's why what we do is so unbelievably effective. Because it's not a hard bone off a soft nerve, right? 
the old garden hose theory thing. That was an interesting concept and made a lot of sense years and years and years ago. But I think that it's much more of an interference. And it's an interference not even necessarily on a physical level, like where there's actual blockage. I think the interference is an alignment blockage. And if, you, if something is out of balance, if something is asymmetrical, one of the biggest things I tell patients is, <clears throat> we had an adult new patient yesterday, and I have them stand in front of a mirror. And I said, look at your posture. Which shoulder is higher? And she's like, uh, my right shoulder is higher. And I said, look at your hips. And I put my hands on her hips, <clears throat> with permission, of course. And I said, which hip is higher? She said, my right hip is higher. I said, is that an efficient system? If your car was leaning like this, would you be getting good gas mileage? Right? Would your brakes be working good? Would your AC be working the way it's supposed to? Would your tires wear out evenly? No, 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 exactly. This is inefficient. The goal of chiropractic is not to feel better. The goal is to improve efficiency, to improve symmetry, to improve balance, to return to homeostasis. That's the goal of chiropractic. It is not to feel better. When a patient comes in and, and you started adjusting them for the first time, even though I know you have to ask the questions, what's your pain scale on one to 10 below? But that's not your goal. Don't make that the goal. Right? The goal isn't, how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm feeling much better. Oh, good. Right? That's not the goal. The goal is improving efficiency. And you know what I really want to know when they're feeling better? The only time I really want to know is on re-exams. On re-exams, we reassess. Okay, where are we now? You've had 10 adjustments. Where are we now? Whether it's an adult with back pain or it's a little kid with ear infections or it's a a seven-year-old with autism, child with autism, whatever it is, where are you now? And then we reassess, and then we re-examine re and we find out where are you. And if that patient who's high shoulder and high hip like this, almost invariably we see this. I'm like, isn't that amazing? Look at yourself, look at yourself, look at your posture, see how your shoulders are even, your hips are even, isn't that amazing? Because what your body thought before, this was normal. You're, and that's what I tell patients. Even a little child, we had a little baby yesterday, started a new patient. <clears throat> She's like, well, so we have to come in for six months for this? She's not even six months old. I said, first off, babies are older than the, their birth age. Let's get that clear. So even though a baby might have been born in you know, January or whatever, but that baby was the outfits when they were birthed. They've been alive for a whole lot longer than that. So to say, well, they're only six months old, they're only eight months old, or only how old. No, they're a bit older than that, first off. Even a newborn is really not a newborn, it's just that's how old it is out of the womb. But how long has it been in the womb, right? And subluxations can occur in the womb, is my belief. Especially with a breech baby, or transverse baby, or C-section, you know, can happen at birth, right? Or traumatic delivery, of forceps delivery. You can get subluxations at birth or before birth. But anyway, so I said, she's like, I don't understand why six months of care just to get started. I said, because this is a pattern. We have to change the pattern. She wakes up in the morning. She says, I, have ear, I am a person with ear infections, right? So she gets ear infections over and over. And my, I have colic. My tummy hurts every single morning, so I'm going to cry. She knows all these things. This is what her body does. And if you don't do something different, then you don't get anything different. So we have to break the pattern. And that's what BJ Palmer was talking about in this, is breaking the pattern. 
breaking the pattern, interrupting the pattern, putting a new pattern in. Why does it take so long? Because we have to install a new pattern into the system. That's why even though sometimes people can say, well, I feel great after an adjustment. Well, that's good. But that, does that change the pattern? No, that's just, that's just like taking the laser and now it's, it's taking it from a flashlight to a, a one, one little light, but it's not fixing it to keep it that way. Like what other profession, like I said last week, what other profession is there in the world that you can do something every single week to them and they get better, right? You can't go to a dentist or any other doctor they've ever heard of and, and get better after each adjustment, each adjustment, improve, 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 improve. There's nothing else that like that anywhere. And that's what makes what we do special. <clears throat> but you have to prepare for this. The way you prepare for this is you start now. You wait, you don't wait until you graduate. Start now while you're in clinic to start talking chiropractic to your patients. Don't wait. And it's, well, I don't know how to do it. Yes, you do. Read this. Read this. Listen to my podcast. Listen to Singapore's podcast. Listen to other great chiropractic stuff out there. Pour this stuff in your brains. Because it, I, uh, somebody said to me the other day, <clears throat> some, uh, she's about to graduate. She's in one of my other, my upper quarter elective classes. She said, I'm so afraid of graduating. I said, why are you afraid? She said, I don't feel like I, I know how to do anything. And I said, what do you mean? You've just been through almost four years of this. Like, how do you not know how to do something? She said, well, I can adjust. She said, but I don't know how to talk to people. I said, well, what have you been telling people in clinic? She said, uh, I don't know. I just do whatever they tell me to do. I'm like, that's not enough. That's not enough. You've got to go beyond. You want to be successful when you graduate? Then what are you doing now to make sure you're successful later? Right? Just the same way. If you want to be, do, do, be successful in anything, you've got to prepare. If you want to run a marathon, it's not going to work if you, run to, if you say, I'll run tomorrow for the first time and I'm going to run 26 miles. You've got to practice, practice, practice. Right? And so here's what my recommendation is for students, especially like the, this, this 10th quarter student class class, is aside from reading green books, right? What else, are you, what else are you doing to prepare the day? When you wake up in the morning, is your routine of waking up in the morning, is it just like getting up five minutes before you have to leave and running out the door? Or are you preparing your mind, right? Every day I prepare my mind for the day. When I'm going to work, at my office or I'm coming here to life or I'm about to teach for ICPA or whatever it is I'm going to do. I prepare it. I go into, I do prayer. I meditate. <clears throat> exercise. Eat healthy. Right? I prepare myself. <clears throat> you have a vessel. You are given this vessel, this temporary vessel. What are you going to do to prepare that? Especially your brain. How are you going to prepare for the day? Don't think just waking up is preparation. Don't think drinking a cup of coffee alone is preparation. You've got to prepare your mind. And you may not understand that now, because I didn't when I was in your shoes. And I remember hearing Dr. Sid and others telling me about preparing my mind. And I was like, what? But now I get it. Preparing my mind is not allowing all that other negative stuff that's out there to influence what I have to do. When you're on a mission, there's nothing else. So I wake up and I have, I have a very specific routine that I do every single morning to prepare myself. Slightly different when I'm at home or I'm in the office, but it's the same basic kind of routine. 
to prepare my brain so that I can deliver this. Because remember, when they leave your office, when they leave the clinic, they no longer hear a thing about chiropractic, or if they do, it's probably negative. About this chiropractor doing this fraud, or this chiropractor doing this problem, or this chiropractor hurting this kid. That's what they hear on the outside. So you get a very short little window of time to educate them about what chiropractic really is. So make sure you know how to say it. And the time is now to start practicing that. The time is now to start getting that. What are you doing every single day? So I said to you last week, start reading green books. Now I'm gonna start saying, add some other routines on. The way to success is discipline. Discipline. Doing small things over and over and over and over again that guarantee your success. And one of those things is reading green books. One of those things is whether you believe in prayer or not, some sort of prayer, meditation, some sort of silent time where you're training your brain. I call it my mental flaws, right? I, I had a dentist when I was 18 say to me, you want to have your teeth like be extremely healthy, then you floss every single day from now on. I remember someone I met down here when I first came to life. He said, start flossing every single day. And I haven't had a cavity since, since I was 18, because I've been flossing and flossing and flossing and flossing and flossing. And, and so it's the same thing. What do I do every single day to keep the negative crap out of my time to wake up? What to keep the negative crap out of my brain is I floss and floss and floss my brain by putting good stuff into it, right? I try not to, to allow the negative stuff to get into my brain. I, like, you better be a very good police person for your brain. Police what you allow in. Don't allow the negative stuff in. Don't allow the stuff that you don't want in there. Your brain, the only thing we really have control over is our thoughts. That's really the only thing we have control over. So start controlling the thoughts that you have by putting, by routinely and with discipline, putting the thoughts you want to have in your brain. Because otherwise you manifest what you don't want. If you, all you think about is what you don't want, then you start manifesting what you don't want. This is what I want. I want to manifest this. I want to, to be the spokesperson for the inner power. I want to be the spokesperson for the voiceless kids that come into my practice who are unable to communicate, and I want to be the spokesperson for them. I want to be the spokesperson for the unborn babies that are coming into my practice because the mom is breached or the mom has got in a lot of pain or we have a new patient coming tomorrow who's pregnant, she's got all this rib pain, she's, a, she's, unba she's an unbearable pain. That's what I want. I want to be the spokesperson for the voiceless ones and turn them around and watch them change before my eyes I know that it wasn't because I cracked their back, it was because I watched their brain and nerve system change into a different, healthier pattern. Right? That's what I want. And that's what I want to see with you guys.